What a great message that is. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, if you turn with me to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2 today. Uh, I want to all together look at this Christmas story in the perspective of the shepherds that were there, that were called uh, from the sheep. You've heard the and know that next Sunday the choir will be leading us in worship, and so I'm excited about that. Listen, I want to I want to invite you to come next Sunday and bring friends and families with you. Uh, the choir works really hard. They, when you're at home napping, you know what they're doing? They're here practicing and singing and straining their voices and working hard. And so, uh, please come next Sunday. Uh, I'm telling you, you will be blessed by songs like that. A great gospel message, gospel preaching songs. Uh, and so I want to invite you to come next week, and uh, we will squeeze both services in together. Uh, we'll have chairs set out, so that won't be a problem. Uh, but we want you to come. And, and so this Sunday we'll look at the Christmas story and perspective of the shepherds, and then uh, from two Sundays from now, the Sunday before Christmas, uh, we'll look at the Christmas story and the perspective of the wise men. Uh, the Magi. So I invite you to come uh, for the next uh, to next two weeks uh, as we look at this wonderful Christmas story in uh, Luke chapter 2 is where we'll be today. Many of you have asked how I'm doing. I'm struggling, really. Um, I did have an epidural nerve block and it just hasn't done anything. Um, and I, I feel like I woke up worse. And so I apologize if I'm not as funky today uh, as I normally am. And I just uh, don't feel very good. Uh, I don't know why that is, but uh, the Lord's got great purpose in all that. And uh, Amanda told me, she said, this might be the thorn in your flesh. I said, well, it might be. I prayed against it. It hadn't gone away. And uh, uh, Paul had a thorn in the flesh, too, and uh, he had to deal with it. So I'm, I'm uh, whatever. It, it may be that. I do But God's in control of that. So uh, I know many of you have been praying. I surely, surely, greatly appreciate that. Um, I know I've heard all the jokes. And uh, so I appreciate your jokes uh, that uh, I'm a pain in the neck, uh, but I have a pain in the neck, uh, and I call them deacons, so uh, that's what I call them. Uh, um, just a couple of them. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm really, I'm, 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 we have wonderful deacons. Please don't leave here and say that preacher thinks the deacons are a pain in the neck. Uh, I am thankful for them. In Luke chapter 2, and we'll read verses 8 through 20. And so if you will, if you're able to, if you'll stand with me as we read God's Word together. What a wonderful story this is, as the birth of Jesus is coming and has come. And we pick up in uh, Luke chapter 2, Luke's Gospel, his account of this story. In Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 8, it says, In the same regions, region, shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch at night over their flock. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the city of David, a Savior was born for you, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be the sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped tightly in cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly there was a multitude of heavenly hosts with the angels praising God and saying glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to people he favors. When the angels had left them and returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, 
Let's go straight to Bethlehem and see what has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. They hurried off and found both Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. After seeing them, they reported the message they were told about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary was treasuring all of all these things in her heart and meditating on them. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. Let's pray. Lord, we're thankful for the scriptures. We're thankful for the story. Lord, this is not just a story out of a normal history book. Lord, this is, as the songs that we've sang, this is our Savior that was born. Not for us to just, just uh, ooh and awe ah over it, but Lord, so that we would submit to it. So that we, just as the shepherds would, we would run to Him. And God, we would, as the scriptures say, we would drop everything and hurry to the uh, baby Jesus. Lord, may we have that heart and passion and zeal that, that we would drop and leave everything for the sake of Jesus. And Father, when we meet him, God, I know as the shepherds, we will walk away glorifying the Lord. Because that's what happens when you're in the presence of Jesus. Lord, guide our thoughts. Guide my words. Lord, hide me from any error. Rescue me from this responsibility. And Father, may you use me in a mighty way as your tool to preach the scriptures, the living word of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I've titled this message in two Sundays from now, Amazed. It comes from this passage of scripture where it says that, and all who heard it were amazed. All who heard the message that the shepherds had told them, they were amazed. And I don't know about you, but I've lived through, almost lived through 36 Christmases. 35, and, and will be 36 if the Lord carries, or, you know, if, if, um, if I make it to the 25th. And the more you do something, the less amazed you can be by it, right? So the more you do the same thing over and over, the less amazed you become at things. And I don't know about you, but I want to be amazed this Christmas. I want to be amazed at this Christmas story that we read in the scriptures. I want to be amazed all over again at the story of baby Jesus coming to earth to be our Savior, the Lord, the Messiah. Don't you want to be amazed? We have three children, you know that, 12, 9, and 5. When we drive by homes with a lot of Christmas lights, uh, they become amazed. Oh, Dad, look at that. Wow, look at that one. Look at this one. Oh, look at those lights. And I'm so thankful for all of you that do that, because I don't want to do that. Like, we have some Christmas lights up, but I don't want to, you know, Griswold it up. I mean, I, I love it. Don't get me wrong. I love all the Christmas lights. I really do. I love looking at them. I love going to look at them. Matter of fact, I've been talked into paying to go look at Christmas lights. I mean, isn't that amazing? And we're amazed by all of those. There's nothing wrong with that. I want to be amazed at the beauty of the lights, the beauty of the decorations. There's nothing better for me right now than to 
Do you in our living room? And the Christmas tree there, the mantle's all decorated with the lights and the stockings are hanging, right? And the fireplace, and there's there's a big fire going, and you're just kicked back in a recliner. And you just look at that and you see the kids arguing, right? Like they're not sitting there playing, you know, I don't know where these storybooks come from. They're not, they're not real. My kids don't do that. They're arguing with one another. But you sit there and you're just like, Lord, I'm amazed by this. I'm so thankful for this. And I am. I want to be amazed once again. And when we read stories like this, I pray that we're amazed. Not with the Christmas lights, not with the wonderful food that we will receive during the Christmas time. And, uh, you know, and after a month from now, we're amazed that our pants don't fit as nicely as they used to. Not amazed at all the gifts that we give and the gifts that we receive and all the decorations. But I mean truly amazed. I mean really be amazed. Not from any kind of external um, stimulation. But we're amazed in our heart because of Jesus. We're amazed because of the Lord God sent his one and only son in the form of man to die on the cross for my sin. May I be amazed at that. And when you read the scriptures, you see the shepherds there staying out in the fields and keeping watch at night over the flock. They were doing their job. And then the angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And you just picture this um, uh, magnificent light coming from behind the uh, angel of the Lord and it says they were terrified. Well, surely they were terrified. You know, one probably was thinking, hey, we've been out here too long. Uh, we've been working too much. I'm seeing things. Do y'all see that? I'm like, yeah, I see that. Okay, so I'm not alone. You see that big light there and some angel form is standing there. Yeah, I see that. Can you imagine being there at night? Pretty dark. We have the moon, I guess. Pretty dark out there and all of a sudden a big bright light and somebody standing in the form in a, a silhouette in that line. Well, surely they were terrified. You would too. You would be afraid too. But then the angel says, don't be afraid because that's, the, that's God's word to us. Don't be afraid. Fear not. <coughs> Fear not. I'm with you. They're in the presence of God. Why are you worried? Fear not. I think sometimes we don't even know we're in the presence of God when we're in the presence of God. In your Sunday school lesson today, because all of you are going to Sunday school, it talks about Jacob. And he had a Bethel moment. You remember that Bethel moment we talked about Wednesday night? And he says in there in Genesis, he says, I was in the presence of the Lord and didn't even know it. Didn't even know it. I think many of us could be in the presence of the Lord, you wouldn't even know it. May we know. Hey, may that be our desire this Christmas, God. All I want for Christmas is to be in the presence of the Lord. Wherever I go, be in the presence of the Lord. And so God says, fear not. I'm with you. Don't, don't worry about it. Don't be afraid. I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Then he tells them what he's there for. A Savior was born for you. Who's the Messiah? This will be a sign. So what is the sign? How will they know? It says you'll find a baby wrapped tightly in cloth and lying in a manger. How can people be amazed at Christmas? Let me give you four observations from this story of how we can be amazed at Christmas. The first is the church must be led by the Spirit. 
You want to be amazed this Christmas, not from lights and not from decorations and great, wonderful desserts, but if you want to be really amazed this Christmas, would you be spirit-led this Christmas? Be spirit-led in all that you do? And we see that the shepherds paid close attention to what the angels told them to look for. And what does he say? He says, you will find a baby. This is the sign for you. Pay attention to this. You will find a baby wrapped tightly in cloth and lying in a manger. There was no star. There was no star over the manger. But that was for who? The wise men. All of our nativity scenes have what? Have a star. Maybe, maybe there's some misconceptions of the nativity scenes. That's not what the scriptures say, is it? The Bible says that you know, what is the sign for them? The sign is that they will find a baby uh, wrapped in tightly in cloth and lying in a manger. So these shepherds are playing, paying close attention to what God is telling them. They're paying close attention to what the angels told them to look for. It wasn't a star. And then what does the Bible say? It says that they left in a hurry to go straight there. It says when the angels had left them and returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Man, let's go straight to Bethlehem and see what's happened, which the Lord has made known to us. We need to go down. Hey, man, I don't know about our sheep. Don't worry about your sheep. God told us to go now. Don't wait. Let's go now. And so it says that they hurried off, and they found both Mary and Joseph, the baby, who was lying in a manger. You know why they found that? Because they remembered. They paid attention. They were being spirit-led on where to go, what direction to go, and what to look for. Be spirit-led this Christmas. Know who God's leading you to, to, leading you to. Know where God is leading you to this Christmas. Pay attention to the Holy Spirit. Pay attention to what God is calling us to do. They didn't go on their own time. They didn't wait until it was convenient for them. They left their sheep and went to Bethlehem. You know what this teaches me? If God tells you to go, you go. I think that's a great um, piece of advice for all of us. You can imagine one of the shepherds, uh, you know, the, the least religious one, uh, there's one in every crowd. I don't think we should go. I mean, we're, we're in charge of all of these sheep. And if we leave, these sheep are going to scatter everywhere, and the wolves are going to come, and they're going to kill some of the sheep. We're going to be liable for that. I'm just saying, guys, I don't think we should go. No. But you, you remember what the Spirit said, don't you? He said to go, this is what you'll find. If we need to go, we need to go now. We need to hurry. We need to see what this thing is and who the Savior is. I want to see what this is. You got to think, one of them is going, man, I don't know. I don't know what we should do. What does it say? They left. They hurried off and found both Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. What about the sheep? Listen to me. Leave that up to the Lord. Leave it up to God. Don't have such a tight grip on your things, your job, or your family that you wouldn't allow God to have control of it. It would be easy for the, for the shepherds to go, hey, no, 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 let's just wait until our shift is over, and then we'll go. Uh, because we're going to lose some of the sheep. No, they gave the sheep to God. And I'm pretty sure if God can um, uh, keep the world spinning you know, on its axis and keep the moon and the sun where it's supposed to be and the oceans where to stop, and God can do all that. He can corral some sheep, right? He does. He corrals you, right? The Bible calls us sheep. 
He corrals us. Surely he can handle some, some actual sheep in a field. So listen to me. You be spirit-led this Christmas. Wherever God calls you to, to go, wherever God calls you uh, to go to, uh, you leave all that up to the Lord. You do what God calls you to do and leave the details up to him. God calls you to leave your work and go be a missionary overseas or wherever. Listen, you leave the details up to the Lord. You do what God calls you to do. Amen? And that's what the shepherds are doing. Go, amen. I didn't get what? Is your name hurting? Well, the church must be spirit-led. Even in Christmas, we must be spirit-led. And not holiday-led. I think too many times we get so distracted with a holiday. Or holiday led and not spirit led at Christmas. You don't want to be amazed. You be spirit led. Because when the when the shepherds got there, they were amazed. You know why? Because they were spirit led. And they would be spirit led. Number two, the church must obey the command to go. We have to be spirit led, number one, to know what God's calling us to do. And then when God does, we must obey the command to go. And that's what they did. They hurried off and and we must be like the shepherds and go at once. There are millions of people around the world. Uh, Pastor Ben just mentioned the numbers uh, just earlier. Millions of people around the world who need to be amazed too. They need to be amazed by the gospel. They need to be amazed by Jesus who came in the form of man so that their sins could be forgiven too. And that amazement needs to enter their heart and their mind. So they too can walk away from the gospel and be amazed by him. We must obey the command to go. Listen, don't you dare think that the devil... That wouldn't cause us to be so consumed with the holiday of Christmas and on the Christ of Christmas. The church is so uh, confused and we're so uh, both feet, both hands, and our total heart and our mind. We're so um, consumed with the holidays of Christmas that we have forgotten the Christ of Christmas. We not only need to be led by the Spirit, we must, be, we must obey the command to go as well. You said, well, no, we have family gatherings, and we have gifts, and we have lights, and we have all. We celebrate Christmas. No, most of what we do today, we celebrate a holiday. We don't celebrate Christmas. Now, one thing about Jesus is mentioned. You know, we may sit our family down the night before or the morning of Christmas and read the Christmas story. And that'd be all about Jesus, you know, and we'll give Jesus about five minutes, you know, and, and that'll be it. Most of the time, we're, we are more worried about celebrating the holiday of Christmas than not Christmas itself. And so may you be led by the Spirit. May you also obey the, the command to go. Because you know what Christmas is all about? Christ. And what is Christ all about? The gospel. We need to be more about the gospel at Christmas. Christmas time is a, uh, it's a depressing time. A lot of depression. And a lot of suicides happen around Christmas. And a lot of uh, family people, uh, family members, a lot of co-workers, a lot of uh, just strangers that we come in contact with, uh, they are having a hard time this Christmas. There's many people, even in our own church, that they're spending the first Christmas without a spouse, without a certain loved one. And it's hard. It's difficult. So may you and I not be so distracted by the holiday, but may we be so consumed with Christ of Christmas, the gospel of Christmas, and the gospel message of what it means. Christmas is not about the holiday. Christmas is about Jesus. And Jesus is about the gospel. Jesus is about the church and the church that he died for. 
Number three, our friends must hear the message correctly. You know what your friends are. At least Voga, we have friends. Stands for friends, relatives, associates, and neighbors. It's our outreach model. And our friends must hear the message correctly. You see in the scriptures, they hurried off, or 16, they hurried off and found both Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. After seeing them, they reported the message they were told about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. You keep reading, but Mary was treasuring all these things in her heart and meditating on them. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. Our friends need to hear the message correctly. They need to hear the gospel message correctly. You know, a lot of people walked away from the shepherds amazed, where it says, and all who heard it were amazed, is because the sin is right before that. They reported the message they were told about this child. They reported the message just as it was told to them. Nothing added to it, nothing taken away from it. And the people were amazed because the shepherd reported that message about the child exactly as it was told to them from the angels of heaven. Our message to people in Christmas must come from the scriptures. It must come from the Bible. We must get it right. There's a lot of misconceptions about the nativity scene. There's a lot of misconceptions about the Christmas story that we've got wrong. Go to the scriptures. The three wise men, if there were three, the Bible never says there were three wise men. There were three gifts. There could have been 400 wise men. I don't know that. It says there were three, but we have three in our nativity. I'm not saying it's a sin to do that. I'm just saying there's some misconceptions, right? They were never at the manger. We always have the wise men at the manger. They were never there at the manger. Ever. Nowhere in the scriptures do you read the wise men at the manger. But all of our nativity scenes, what? The wise men are at the manger. They were not at the manger. They, were, they found Jesus like two or three years later as a, as a small boy. So we have to get the message of Christmas right. You know why people aren't amazed at Christmas anymore? Because we don't get the message right. We have to get the gospel message right. We have to get Christmas right. And Christmas is not all about what we've made it. It's all about shopping. It's all about getting a good deal, right? Getting this, getting that, getting a good deal. Buying presents. Look, I'm not saying any of that's wrong. I like getting presents. Everybody does. But maybe we do it in the spirit of Christmas. Knowing that the greatest gift of all was this sweet baby Jesus lying in a manger. God in the flesh. Our message must come from the scriptures and not from music. It, I won't harp on that anymore. You know my thoughts on our theology. We get a lot of them from country songs, right? Yeah, we get a lot of our theology of the scriptures from country songs. And most of them, if not all of them, are wrong. There's no jukebox in heaven. No mama is teaching anybody how to sing in heaven. That's not just going to happen. So we must get the scriptures right, not from music. Listen, not from preachers, not from teachers, surely not from Facebook or the news, but we must get the scriptures right from the scriptures. We must get the message right from, the, from God's word himself, and that's exactly why people were amazed, because they heard the clearest form of the message of Christ from the shepherds, and that's why they were amazed. People aren't amazed anymore about Jesus because we share more about the church than we attend rather than Jesus of the church. This is true. 
Maybe they're not sharing about Easter Boga, but tell people about Jesus, right? Tell them about the Lord. Tell them about your experience with Christ. The shepherds in the field became the first ambassadors of the gospel. I love that. These dirty, stinky, at the bottom of the social ladder, men told the good news and people believed it. They believed. You know why? Because there was something pure about the message that they shared. They got the message right. You know what this teaches me? This teaches me that the power of the gospel and salvation is in the message of the gospel and not the presentation about the person sharing the message of the gospel. You had these stinky, dirty, listen, they were stinky and dirty, I promise you that. They didn't have the showers like we have showers. They didn't have body wash and all that, that we have shampoos and, and I'm just going to take a shower real fast. Wait, let's go take a shower before we go. I'd rather take a shower before I go meet God in the flesh. No. They were stinky and smelly. Been out there working a couple, three, four days. I don't know how long they were out there. Stinky and smelly. But then when they left Jesus, you know what happened? They told people the gospel message that Jesus has come. The Savior of the world, the Lord, the one that we've been taught about, the one that our folks have been teaching us about all of our lives. That Messiah has come. He's here. He's here. And the Bible says people were amazed. It teaches us that the power of the gospel is in the message of the gospel. It's in actually presenting the gospel that Jesus is who he says he is. And that the gospel is the power under salvation. The power comes from the spoken word, just as the angels told them, the Bible says. They didn't add to it. They didn't take away. They didn't try to make it sound any more glorious or whatever. You know what they did? They spoke the word of the Lord just as it had been told to them. May you and I do the same. Your friends need to hear the purity of the gospel. They need to hear Jesus. They need to hear of who Christ is this Christmas and who God is this Christmas. Power comes from the spoken word, the gospel, not man. Number four, we must continue to be amazed ourselves. We must continue to be amazed ourselves. I believe much of the church has lost her amazement at the first advent, the first coming of the Lord. It's just a story to us now. It doesn't mean a whole lot. We sing about it once a month. Right? Uh, we talk about it once a month in December, or maybe not even a whole month. And I believe the church has lost her amazement at the first advent, the first coming of Jesus. And I have to admit to you, there's times where I have to myself get my heart, whatever that means, in the spirit of Christmas, right? You know, your children, you know, we have three, and, uh, well, they love it. They love Christmas. They love, I mean, they're just like, Dad, can we get the decorations? Can we get all this out? And, uh, and I love that amazement. I love that excitement about it. I don't know if it's driven by Jesus or the gospel. <laughs> it may just be driven by, we want to make some ornaments. Well, we want to put some ornaments up. And that's okay. That's fine. But as we're doing that, I can tell them, this is why we do this. This is why uh, we put all these decorations up for the gospel. But I believe much of the church has lost her amazement of the first advent of Jesus. Listen, may we never lose our amazement of the first coming of Christ. 
May we never lose the amazement, the excitement, the joy of the first coming of the Lord, the one that died for your sins, the door to heaven that you have walked through. May we never lose our amazement of the first advent of Christ, the Lord, the Messiah. Be amazed this Christmas by Jesus, by Christ. If the only amazement you get is whatever gift your spouse or a friend gives you, we have lost our amazement of the gospel. We've lost our amazement because the gospel continues in this story. It doesn't start in this story, but it is a, a continuation of uh, the, uh, the gospel story. When you and I are amazed by the mercies that are new every morning, we go throughout our day with great joy and excitement. You see the amazement by the shepherds. It says in verse 20, the shepherds returned, what? Glorifying and praising God. And that was the response of being amazed by uh, uh, Christ the Lord. For all the things they had seen and heard. Why were they glorifying and praising God? Because they had seen uh, they had seen the Lord and they had heard about the gospel. They had heard about the Messiah, the Lord, the one that has come to save the sins. In Matthew one twenty one. They were amazed uh, because uh, this is what happens when you encounter the one who will save his people from their sins. When you encounter the Christ, the Jesus, the one who has come to save people from their sins, you leave with amazement. You leave with a joy and excitement in your heart. You leave with an amazement. I believe once in the church we've lost our amazement. We've lost our joy. We've lost being amazed. I am amazed at the gospel. I am amazed at the Christ, the Lord that has come. So you may you and I be amazed this Christmas. The question for you is what will you do with this amazement? What will you do with this gospel message, the, the story of Jesus that Christ has come? What will you do with the gospel message? How will you be amazed this Christmas? Have you lost it? Have you lost your amazement? Are you just going through emotions? Are you just going through the motions of Christmas and you're celebrating a holiday but not Christ? Listen, I, I am just as guilty as anyone else. I can celebrate the holiday all day long. I love it. I love the lights, I love the people, I love Christmas parties, I love gifts, I love giving and receiving, I love uh, the desserts, I love Sunday school parties, I love all of that. I mean, but this is the busiest time for men. It is the busiest time for us. And forgive us if we cannot make it to your Sunday school party. We want to come, I promise you that. We dearly so want to come, but it cannot fit our schedule. And it's the most busiest time for us, and I too can go through the motions of the holiday of Christmas. I can miss the amazement of Christ. I don't want to do that. I don't want to miss being amazed. How will you be amazed this Christmas? What will you do with the gospel? Well, what did the shepherds do? They left Christ and they told people about him. They left the Lord and they praised and glorified him and they were amazed themselves and they poured out that amazement to those that they came in contact with. Listen, dear church, 
May you go to work tomorrow in total amazement of the gospel. And may you pour out that purity of the message of Jesus to them. Pour it out. What will you do with the gospel? Because I can tell you this, adults, what you do with the gospel will most likely mirror what the next generation will do with the gospel. What you do with the gospel message will most likely be what the next generation will do with the gospel message. If we are not amazed by the message of Jesus, our children will not be amazed at the message of Jesus. If we are not amazed and uh, at the gospel message of the Lord, the Savior, the one that has come to save all of our sins. If we're not amazed by that, our children will not be amazed by that. And we will, we will um, rear up children who love the holiday of Christmas, but have nothing to do with the Christ of Christmas. I'm not telling you to strip away all things of Christmas. We've had to do a reality check in our own family. We need to make it more about Jesus than presents. We need to make it more about Jesus than what we have that we don't have. We need to make it more about Jesus than what we really want. We don't have any needs. I have no need. I mean, I, God has provided me over and above that I've ever imagined. I don't have a need. Everything that you know I get is a want or, or it's just a perk. One person wrote this, if we lose a generation of young people in the church, it won't be because we didn't entertain them. It will be because we didn't care, we didn't dare them to do something meaningful with the gospel in light of the world we live in. It's true. If we lose young people, a generation of young people in the churches today, look around. There's not many here. You walk the halls of the school, Ben does this every week, multiple days a week. He's at the schools multiple mornings every week. I, when I was a youth pastor, I did the same. And I would walk the halls of the schools. You know what I think? Where do all these people go to church? Where are y'all going to church? Because you're not coming to school. You may be going to other places. I don't think our churches are flooded with young people. I don't think they are. We have some, and we'll have some in the second service. And praise God for that. We have a grown student ministry. I'm thankful for that. Grown children's ministry. Thankful for that. But I think it's true. If we lose a generation of young people, the church won't be because we didn't entertain them. That, that ship has sailed. It won't be because we didn't entertain them. Maybe because we didn't care them to do something meaningful to the gospel in the light of the world we live in. I can promise you this. When your young people are here at church, we are daring them to do something meaningful to the gospel. Are you doing that at home? Are you daring them to take the gospel to school? I can, I can tell you this. They'll do exactly at school what you do exactly at work. And if you don't take the gospel message of Jesus and be amazed at work, They'll never take the gospel message of Jesus and be amazed to school. What will you do with that gospel? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for our time. We thank you for the scriptures. Lord, we thank you that God, we can be reminded by these scriptures in the story of this shepherd's song. That we should be amazed too. So, Father, forgive us that where we've lost our amazement. I've done that. Lord, I've been distracted for things that have gone on, things that are taking place that can distract me. And I know that. The devil will do everything he can to distract us from the Christ of Christmas. Lord, all the decorations and the parties and the get-togethers, all of that is just a tactic and a tool by the devil to distract us from the glorious message of the gospel of Christmas. It will distract us from being amazed at Jesus and Christ. 
Lord, there's nothing wrong with all of those things. There's nothing wrong with the decorations and the parties and the get-togethers. There's nothing wrong with families gathering together. We can have a great time doing all of that, but in light of all of that, may we still remember and be amazed at Jesus. Yes. And one of those people in this room that they've never felt that amazement. They've never been amazed at the gospel. They've never been amazed by the story of Jesus. And Lord, they are those people that the shepherds may come in contact with. The shepherds shared the gospel message. I pray, listen, if you're in this morning, that's you. I pray that after this morning, you will be like those that the shepherds came in contact with, that you too will leave here amazed because you've heard the gospel. You've heard who Jesus is, and he has come to save the sins of the world, your sins and my sins. And if you'll repent in your heart, believe in the Lord, that God will save you. He'll do that. Maybe God's calling you to salvation this morning. What a great Christmas present that is, that your sins are forgiven. In a moment, we'll stand and sing as an invitation. We write again to Jesus. There'll be pastors down front love to pray with you, walk you through that. Maybe you're a believer, a Christian in the room. You've lost your amazement. Hey, look, I have too. I'm just as guilty. Maybe God is dealing with your heart that you would come and be so bold to walk forward and come at an altar and pray and say, Lord, forgive me for losing the amazement of Christmas. Lord, I want to be amazed. May you think back on the day God saved you. May you think back on the day where you repented of your sins and the Christ of Christmas became your Christ, your Savior and Lord. And may that moment just swell up within you, just tears of joy, of amazement. May you not lose the amazement of Christmas. Would you come and repent of that? I've had to do that this week. I've lost that. Lord, have your way. God, we want to honor you in our time. We want to honor you in decisions that we make. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.